Hello guys, and welcome back to the RMS Colorado Avalanche podcast, where today we will be looking at the Avs potential offseason, potential offseason moves, acquisitions, possibly trades, but mostly the free agents currently on the Colorado Avalanche team is what we'll be, we will be looking at. Sit tight, and I hope you guys enjoy the second episode. So first, we're going to start off with the big moves, the free agents that the Avs currently have on their roster. And I'm, I have Cap Friendly pulled up here so I could just get a nice little visual representation, make sure I have everybody on here that I need, make sure I don't forget anybody. Um, so to begin, we're going to start with Andre Burkowski because he is the, the, the first one on this list. Um... Andre Burkowski making $3.25 million this year uh, will be in RFA after this season. Chances are the Avs will most likely re-sign him. Now, the question is, what will they re-sign him to? Now, my personal um, kind of viewpoint is that, you know, they took a chance on Andre Burakovsky to begin with, and they hit the jackpot, and I think it would be crazy if they all of a sudden just didn't sign him after this season, unless he's asking for, like, a $7 million contract, which case I would say probably either want to let him walk or, you know, make just might have to make him sit out until December to kind of make it so you can get him back. But Andre Burkowski does not seem like that kind of a guy. Um, I, you know, haven't personally met him, um, but that's just kind of what I'm guessing. Uh, so hopefully he doesn't do that. Um, that would be great. So what kind of contract are we looking at here for Andre Burkowski? Now, I would, I would guess... Somewhere in the ballpark of five to six million. My personal preference would be five, five and a half, five point seven five. Um, that way, you just kind of entice him to take a, maybe a little bit of a, uh, a more of a shorter deal. Because um, you know, you know, you, this is like kind of a uh, could potentially be a flash in the pan season for Andre, and I. I'm I'm not a hockey expert, so I'm not totally, you know, sure how these contracts and stuff work. But um, I would guess that you know a little four by five point five would be a good contract for him, a a good second line top six player that can jump up to your first line if somebody goes down or if somebody's not performing like they should. Definitely think that's just a good kind of solid foundational contract to start with if they go up if you know they continue with the playoffs as they do and he continues his pace and if he's healthy then I think he can make a case for somewhere in the six million but for now I'm going to say 5.5 million by four um, next we have the newest acquisition Vladislav Nemestikov um, 3.25 million as well 
I don't know with him. him. He really depends on the type of acquisitions they'll be, like if they make any outside the organization acquisitions. Because, acquisitions rather, because he played very well in these games that he, the, however many games he got to play. But at the same time, he was also on the first line with a top three player in the NHL and Nathan McKinnon and a very uh, above average player in Gabriel Landeskog when they were kind of had, were in a position to carry the team. So I would, I would be hesitant. I liked him. I would like to bring him back, but I feel like he's going to be asking for too much money. So most likely I would say he would probably walk in free agency. But if he were to come back, I would say 3.5, 3.75, which is pretty, you know, not as high as a pay raise as you'd probably want if you were him. But, you know, if you want to win a cup, then be a good chance to stay. Matt Nieto, 1.975. I feel like he'll probably... Uh, be let go after the season just because the Avs have so much depth and chances are Martin Cout will make the roster next season. Shane Bowers could possibly make a push. Um, there's just so many like new players that could be added this offseason. And Matt Nieto is a great penalty killer, but with the additions of Pierre Belmar and adding Tyson Jost to the penalty kill... Especially if you keep around Vladislav Nemestikov, who has a great two-way game. There's really no need to have Matt Nieto on this team. Unfortunately, he's a great locker room guy. Uh, great at Fortnite, I've heard. But uh, I would just say he's probably not going to come back next season. Um, Pierre-Edward Belmar is signed. I am being stupid. Whoopsies. Anyways, Tyson Jost is actually up next. Now, this is a very hot topic recently should or should not that's right right should or should okay whatever will the Avs re-sign Tyson Jost or not now he's only 22 and after that trade deadline he was on fire now you could make the argument that it was because he was given an increased role as compared to before the trade deadline when there weren't as many injuries you could also make the argument that he didn't he have that stress of oh, I might get traded or something before the deadline. Um, in which case, I would either way, I would say probably bring him back. He had such a strong showing, and he's a really hard worker, and he's a great guy in the locker room. I would just keep him around so you can um, just to keep that kind of peace. And he could really break out next season, become a 40, maybe even a 50-point scorer and leap into your top six. But the problem is is that even if he does that, depending on the acquisitions we make in the offseason, he might not even have a spot in the top six to move up to unless somebody goes down or somebody really just starts to lose their game. So I would still re-sign him. He's only 22. Um, you could probably get him for pretty cheap too, one, one and a half million for one or two years. And, you know, just... Wouldn't be a big deal to re-sign him. Would think you should get something for him in a trade or something if you're going to let him go. Shouldn't just let him go um, walk in free agency. But I would say he would probably come back about $1.5 million. Valerie Nichushkin, the fan favorite from this season. Uh, 
breaking his terrible streak he had uh, from his years in Dallas. Currently at a contract of $850,000. He is a restricted free agent, so... And really, there's no reason not to resign him. He's a solid bottom six player. Even when he jumped into the top six, he played pretty well. Um, great underlying numbers. One of the best analytical, if not the best analytical players in the NHL. There's really no reason not to keep that big Val around. He's a solid addition to your top bottom six. Gets you some nice depth offensively and defensively. Um, really no reason they shouldn't re-sign him. So I would say probably maybe around 1.5, maybe closer to 2 million at about two or three years, probably. He, him and Andre Burkowski have an argument to be made that they might be a, um, a little bit of a flash in the pan scenario this year, but I would probably say bring it back. And then... To end out the forward core, we have Vladislav Kamenev at a contract of $750,000. Now, you're not going to trade him, and really there's no place for him on this team. He requested a trade later in the season. Really, there's no reason to keep him around. Your team is so deep anyways. I just, there's really no reason to keep him around and would... Nice, be nice to be like to show that you're a a um, player friendly organization. Let them get a good opportunity somewhere else, and that should about do it for the forward core. Now we are moving on to the D core, where there are four free agents: two restricted, two unrestricted. The first one, Nikita Zadorov. Now, personally. I do not think the Alex should bring him back. He showed it late in the season that he really just hasn't improved much since we first got him. And he didn't even have much of his physical game anymore. There was really no point to have him out there. He was making constant defensive mistakes. He got sat for a couple games at the end. He He wasn't very good. So I would say probably let him walk or put him in a trade deal. You could probably get some decent value from him on the market. Give him to a team with a not very good defense or defensive um, depth. Could probably get something decent out of him, like a draft pick or something. Really not much to say. There's a chance they might bring him back. $3.5 million maybe even give him a pay cut at $3 million, but I very much doubt it. I really hope they don't, at least. And then there's two contracts for fringe NHL players. Kevin Connaughton and Mark Barbario are both unrestricted free agents. Might bring one of them back to be kind of a seventh defenseman, but kind of doubt it. I'm not totally sure, though. Kind of depends on if they bring back Nikita Zadorov and if they acquire a defenseman in the offseason because you have two defensemen waiting to come up in Bowen Byram and Connor Timmins, and you'd rather develop those prospects than give ice time to Barbario and Connaughton. Uh, Barbario, uh, unless for some reason something really weird happens, is, is going to play in Switzerland, so that's also probably a reason why he won't come back, but who knows? Something crazy could happen. I really 
don't know. Kevin Connaughton is probably the one that I would say would most likely be back of these first three, just to be a seventh defenseman. Played pretty well in the games that he's that I saw him in, but who knows? I kind of doubt it, though. Um, and then finally, in the decor, we have Ryan Graves, restricted free agent. We'll probably bring him back. Led the, led the league in plus-minus this year. A great offensive season, but the offensive season is very unlikely to be repeated. Either way, he had such an amazing defensive season, and he's such a valuable part to the PK. And um, to the PK and the decor, you know, especially when you're getting guys like Timmons and Byram who are good at their offensive game, and they're good two-way players, you still want to have some of those lockdown defensemen like a Johnson or a Cole or a Graves, which is something I feel like this team needs. And he's not the worst puck mover. He has a great hockey IQ. So he would be definitely a almost lock to bring back, I would say. Probably in the range of 1, 1.5, maybe even 2 million. Again, I don't know contracts that well, so don't really take what I'm saying with a grain of salt a little bit. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm guessing it will be around. Um, so, and he'll most likely be brought back. And then there's a couple um, more. One of them. Jeez. Uh, and then there's the one NHL goalie um, that's on the team that is a free agent. That's Michael Hutchinson, unrestricted free agent. I doubt he'll bring it. We'll bring him back. Got us the one win. Um, kind of, you know, kind of had to get him because of poor management, but I could see a world where he comes back and is maybe an AHL player, but I don't know why they would do that. You have solid AHL, you have solid goaltenders in the AHL that you actually want to develop. Um, so I don't know why you'd just you know, stunt their development by putting Michael Hutchinson in the AHL. So he'll probably just move on in free agency. You're probably not going to get much from, from a trade. Um, and then finally, my favorite player from the Colorado Avalanche and my screensaver, Colin Wilson, will be an unrestricted free agent this year. And I hope to God they will bring him back. I would say of the, and I have heard other um, Avs people who have agreed He's probably one of the more likely uh, people from the offense to come back this year just because he played so few games. Him and uh, Nemestikov, they're really unproven, especially if he plays in in the postseason this year. Chance, and he's such a strong postseason performer that if he really goes out like he did last postseason, chances are they'll bring him back again. Probably a slightly lower... Um, contract because he was injured so much of this season and there's not much he's going to get from the open market but really hope we could bring it back maybe at the same contract like a 2.5 million something like that it's my favorite player it would be really great and you know great postseason performer and was a solid performer on the pk i mean sorry power play and in the middle six last season so we'll see
All right. Next, we are going to be talking about the possible free agents that the Avalanche might sign this offseason. Now, most likely the Avs are going to be in the kind of search for a um, for a uh, top six player to kind of round it out because that's probably the sorry I need some water probably the most unsure position is that sixth top six forward don't really have anybody for that now Nachushkin is the closest but I mean he's much better at a bottom six role so they're probably going to want to sign somebody to the um to a kind of a four-year contract to fill out that bottom six play with Kadri and Burkowski maybe even Kadri and Landis Cog bunch of lineup things that I'm going to be talking about in later episodes of the podcast so stay tuned for that so top six forwards Big ones, Taylor Hall and uh, Mikhail Granlund are probably the two most likely candidates, in my opinion, to be signed by the Avs. Um, Taylor Hall is probably less likely because he'll be so expensive that, you know, with McKinnon's contract coming up, you don't want to completely end your possibility of winning a cup once uh, McKinnon re-signs his contract. But I would like to see Taylor Hall in an Avs uniform put him on the first line that would be nasty but I doubt that it'll happen especially Sackick said in an interview they're not going to be looking at those real big superstars in free agency which I totally understand and I'm you know not too opposed to that Mikhail Granlin however had a 30 point season this year with the Nashville Predators after having high 60 or high 60 and 50 point seasons uh, the last couple of seasons. He would be a great fit in the top six next to Burakovsky and Kadri because those two are, although not primarily goal scorers like Alex Ovechkin, they're leaning more towards the side of goal scorer than playmaker. So it'd be nice to have somebody like Mikhail Granlin, who is more of a playmaker on that line, uh, just feeding those two pucks for them to snipe home past goalies be pretty scary and I would really like to see him come to Colorado see what he can do in, in a uh, little bit more of a potent offense than Nashville um, but now we're going to talk about a little bit more obscure kind of maybe top six additions the Avs might make one of them being Mike Hoffman, which according to Cap Friendly is a free agent, so I might I I'm, I hope this isn't wrong, but I feel like he would be a great addition to the Avs. He I haven't seen him much, but he plays a pretty pretty good game next to superstars like Jonathan Huberdeau and Andre and Alexander Barkov or Sasha Barkov. I just, I don't understand why he has, like, three different names, but it doesn't matter. Either way, I think it wouldn't be a terrible idea to add him. Um, I don't know if he's still dating that one girl that he was dating when he got traded from Ottawa to San Jose to the Panthers, but, you know, 
hopefully he's not because that girl was toxic. He would be a good addition, a very good offensive player, could fit next to Kadri and um, Burkowski pretty well, I think. I don't know much about Mike Hoffman. Again, I don't know a lot about hockey. Well, I okay, I know a lot about hockey, but I don't know like a lot about like kind of some of these other players from the Eastern Conference that aren't as big of names. Um, just really kind of don't have not. I'm not really a reporter, so it's not my job, and I have other things to do. Whatever. Doesn't matter. So those are my three likeliest candidates to round out the Avs top six. Um, if if we got either of these three guys, our top six would be scary. Like, we would be, like, heavy Stanley Cup favorites, in my opinion, if we got these guys. But I can't say that for sure. Now, we're going to talk about the defense. So, possible defense for next year. No additions, only signing guys and or upgrading guys from the organization. Gonna have Kale McCarr, Sam Gerrard, probably Ryan Graves, Bowen Byram, Eric Johnson, and Ian Cole. Now, there's a possibility that Ryan Graves doesn't get signed, and that would probably lead be could be because the Avs signed a bigger name defenseman like and Alex Petrangelo, which, again, is a superstar, which Joe Sackett pretty much specifically mentioned by name they wouldn't be going after. So chances on getting him aren't that great. Um, another big cap hit, which would very much stymie our chances of winning a cup once we were signed McKinnon to a pretty monster contract, which is likely to come. I believe it won't be as big as some people think because he's such a team player, but what do I know? Um, either way, I doubt that we'll resign him, that we'll sign Petrangelo, but if we did, that'd be pretty freaking scary to have him and Kale next to each other. Pretty dynamic offense, uh, offensive defenseman on our team. But anyways, moving on to other defensemen. Now, you know, not very likely... But another top six defenseman in here, Tory Krug. He may or may not re-sign with Boston. I'm I would assume he would. But if he was on the Avs, he's a great two-way get. He's a great two-way defenseman. Can put pucks in the net. He's just he'd be a great addition to the Avs decor. Um, be kind of a good replacement for Ryan Graves. I've heard, I I th- I believe he has a pretty good defensive game and is pretty good in the IQ department. Um, much like Ryan Graves, not nearly as good in his IQ, but still pretty passable. Um, but chances are high that we'll get him. But I wouldn't um, completely roll it out of the picture. Would be a great addition. Put him next to Kale. Could really put. This is the great thing with the Avs defenseman. You could put really anybody next to anybody and it would work. Um, another defenseman that the Avs could have a chance of getting this offseason. Um, and just so you guys know, one of them is not Tyson Berry. That ship has sailed, unfortunately. It's a big, big T-Bear fan, but uh, that ship has sailed. So, oh well. Um, next defenseman... Another kind of mm, probably not going to happen. Sammy Votnin, um, 
don't know much about him either. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not great at the whole, you know, this this aspect, but I'd like to give a little bit more of a fan's perspective on it, who knows a little bit about hockey for you guys. So hopefully you guys appreciate it, um, and don't judge me too harshly. But Sammy Vatanen, um, pretty decent offensive player. I don't know how good he is on the defensive side. Um, would probably sign him to a pretty and contract, maybe six, five or six million. Uh, he's currently, his current contract is um, at about five million. But who knows? I would assume the chances of the Avs going out and getting a defenseman this offseason, not very likely. Most likely you're probably going to get a top six forward to round out the um, the little... the the top six. Jeez, I'm really struggling with my words right now. Um, but, you know, never rule it out of the picture. You know, if maybe some superstar defenseman wants to come here, like an Alex Petrangelo on the cheap so he can win another cup. Um, although, don't really need another captain. And, uh, you know, after he threw that stick at Gabe Lanskog, I'm not really too thrilled with him. So, just saying. Now... We're going to. I'm going to head into the third period where we're going to be talking about potential trade candidates for the Colorado Avalanche to acquire in this offseason. Um, not great at the whole trade thing either. I'm really bad at that when I do NHL franchise mode, but bear with me. I'm not really going to be doing many mock trades. I'm just going to be kind of talking about players that they possibly could trade for. So, quick break, and we will come right back. In the third period of this podcast where we're reviewing the off-season transactions, we are going to be focusing on trades now. We focused on all the free agents in the organization and out. Now we're going to be doing trades. Now, this is a very common kind of possible trade target for the Avs that I've heard throughout the season. Sam Reinhart from the Buffalo Sabres. Um... Very solid top six player in the league. Has had some kind of a, a little bit of a feud with the Buffalo Sabres organization lately. I wouldn't, I, I don't know if I'd say, I don't know if feud's the right word, but um, he's a restricted free agent after this season, so probably we'll have to get him in a trade. Um, did pretty well this season. Um, let me try and pull up his exact stats. Um, but he was pretty good this season. Um, 50 points in 69 games with 22 goals and 28 assists. He has a pretty good top six kind of fit 
especially in the Avs organization, 2018-2019 season, 22 goals, 43 assists for 65 points, 82 games. So pretty similar seasons um, playing with the Buffalo Sabres. Now, he probably would cost a little bit more than maybe the Avs were willing to give up. I'm not totally sure. But he would be a great fit in the Avs' top six. Very dynamic player. Can put the puck in the net, but can also, you know, deal it out to other guys. Plays right wing and center. Um, So he could fit on that line with Kadri and Burkowski. Um, Pretty solid addition, I would think, if they would get him. Um, Again, haven't seen him much but um, heard lots of good things about him. Would probably guess that he would be probably one of the top trade targets for the Avs if they were to go out and get a trade this year. There were some rumors about him, so I wouldn't rule it out pretty much at all. So keep that's a good one to keep in mind for a possible addition to the Avs. Now, a player that I was hoping they would get at the trade deadline this year from the Carolina Hurricanes, the the Avs' brother, uh, or whatever, friends. I'm not totally sure how that works. Um, Nino Niederreiter. I know all the Avs fans going out there, Nino Niederreiter, ugh. You know, knocked us out of the playoffs in 2014. Um, But is a pretty... Good player is only 27, 5.25 million contract currently, and is signed for quite a bit longer. Let me see how much longer is Nino Niederreiter signed till he is signed until the 2022-23 season. Um, can play on the wing, which is what they need for that second line. Pretty has is a pretty quick player. I've heard um, this season. Wasn't the best offensive season of his career, 29 points in 67 games. Don't know if he'd be a great fit for the top six, but you could maybe get a little bit of a dynamic going, maybe some chemistry. A little bit of a stretch, again, as far as top six goes, but I would like to see him in an Avs uniform, despite the history we had with him uh, since 2014. So... Not very likely, but you never know, you know? You know, you know, you know, you know, you know. Now, going back over to the Western Conference, someone that, um, well, wasn't uh, particularly, you know, likely to get at the deadline, um, but could possibly make himself a role and um, the Avs top six. I heard a lot of, you know, speculation about this. Andre Kasha um, was traded to the Bruins at this year's deadline. Um, will be a restricted free agent after next season. So probably not going to get him from Boston, seeing as they traded for him at the deadline, and he's actually locked up. He wasn't as much of a rental player, but is a good fit. He has a great two-way game. Um, Pretty solid offensive game to go along with that two-way game, which, you know, kind of how that works, but, you know, uh, don't judge me. 
Uh, 23 points in 49 games. Part of that was on a, you know, it's on a struggling Anaheim Ducks team. And then he had one point in six games for the Bruins. So not stellar stats, but not particularly uh, out of the realm of possibilities either. Problem is a lot of top six players out here, chances of them being uh, their teams building being willing to trade them pretty low. Probably going to have to get one in free agency. Now, the third and final top six player that the Avs could pot... Well, sorry. The fourth and final um, top six player the Avs could possibly go out there and get... You know... uh, Probably a lot of people aren't going to be too thrilled with me for this. Uh, Josh Bailey... He's just, he's only 30, which uh, I kind of thought he was older. Contract is not that great. Maybe not a terrible idea to take it on, but 43 points in 68 games this season. And one of the greatest chants that come after he scores a goal, a little, hey, hey, Josh Bailey. Ooh, ah, I want to know how you scored that goal. Pretty solid top six player in New York. I feel like he could make the transition to the Avs. Probably not going to happen because of that contract. No one's really going to want to take that on. So, But you could maybe get a little bit more for less because of that contract. But who really knows? I'm not... T- I'm not totally sold on really any of these guys except for maybe Sam Reinhart coming to the Avs in an offseason trade. But who knows? Not I. Um, I can't predict the future. But that is my review for the free agents and trade possibilities uh, for this Colorado Avalanche offseason. Real quick. I am just going to go through what my optimal starting lineup come October or whenever the next season starts would be. So obviously, you've got Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rantanen, and Gabriel Landeskog as your top line. I could potentially see Landeskog moving down to the second line, add a little bit more depth, get a little bit of nitty-grittiness going with Nazem Kadri. Who knows? Um... Again, not I. I feel like that would be a good idea, but it might be a little bit of a stretch uh, to move Andre Burkowski or whoever they get in the offseason up to that top line. Unless they get Taylor Hall, then the chances of that happening, pretty likely. Um, second line, probably my preferred line would be Andre Burkowski, uh, Nazem Kadri, and Sam Reinhart. Hopefully get him in a trade. Don't want the price to be too ridiculous, however. Could be a good, solid top six player. I feel like a lot of people would agree with me on that. Now, the rest of the line, pretty kind of similar to how it is. rest of the lineup, pretty similar to how it is now. Third line, Martin Kaut, um, JT Comfer, and Tyson Jost, or Colin Wilson would be my preference. Um probably going to be Tyson Jost though although I'd prefer Colin Wilson I would assume it will be Tyson Jost I kind of doubt that they'll bring Wilson back but a man can dream um next 
fourth line, I'm going to go Valerie Nachushkin, Matt Calvert, and Pierre Edward Belmar. Um, Pebbles, Bam Bam, and Dino. Did I make a mistake on my third line? I said Jost. Yeah, Jost, Comfort, Cout. Okay, that's right. Okay. For some reason, I had it in my head that I made it for people. Whatever. Um, anyways, fourth line, Pebbles, Bam Bam, and Dino. Uh, if you don't know who that is, that's unfortunate because I literally said their names. So kind of just figure it out. Um, so that is the forward core that I believe will be slash hope will be um, the starting lineup for in the starting lineup for the uh, beginning of the 2020-21 NHL season, whenever that does happen. Next, on defense, um, I'm thinking kind of get a little bit of that just kind of in the organization stuff here. Just Kale McCarr, these lines also for defense, totally not sure about. Kale McCarr, Ryan Graves, see if it works again, uh, see if the magic keeps going. Then get a little bit of a two little bit of more of a little two-way line going on. Gerard and Byram, not very, um, you know, you know, I don't know if that'll work. That Very rarely does the organization listen to my suggestions, but, you know, it doesn't matter. And then finally got a nice little lockdown pair with Ian Cole and Eric Johnson. Just a little bit more experience, get a little bit more you know, stay at home now that uh, Johnson's kind of lost his physical abilities as the years have gone on. But possible. It's not completely out of the realm of possibilities that those are the lines. I very much believe that that will be the the sixth defenseman. Um, Seventh defenseman, probably going to be Kevin Connaughton. Something like that. Maybe pull uh, McDonald from the AHL. Probably not going to be Timmons, though. You don't want to ruin that development, not playing games. That's just be silly. And then, of course, goaltenders pretty cut and dry. Philip Grubauer and Pavel Francouz. Um, most likely Grubauer as the starter. Francouz did play great, but Grubauer did play against a little bit more quality opponents and played just as good, if not better, than Francouz in the games he did play. So... That wraps up today's episode. Thank you guys very much for watching. I know it was a little bit shorter than usual. Um, usually the episodes are going to be a lot longer than this. Um, by a lot, I don't really mean like, you know, two-hour podcasts. More in the realm of like 50 to hour, 15-minute kind of range. Um, just not totally familiar on this Uh topic but i wanted to give my takes on it for you guys uh see if maybe just it's a little bit different than other people's get some more a little bit out there ideas uh, than you know the experts but hopefully you guys enjoyed um don't roast me too hard for my lack of knowledge when it comes to other players uh, other teams players um besides the big names i apologize Thank you, guys. Um, And tomorrow, we will be covering Avs jerseys. Now, for those of you who don't know, 
Um, I'm a big Avs jerseys guy. I'm a big jersey guy in general, but I have about 15 Avalanche jerseys, and I'm going to be ranking and talking about all of the jerseys. I consider myself a little bit of a jersey expert. Um, hope you guys will enjoy. I haven't seen a lot of that coverage in the Colorado um, media, Avalanche media cycle, so hopefully you guys will enjoy a little bit more of a, a uh, more kind of unique uh, topic for an episode. Thank you guys. Make sure to subscribe and follow on whatever platform you're listening to this on. Also, uh, I post these on YouTube as well. You could also be listening here. If you're listening on YouTube, subscribe, please. Also watch some of my other videos. It means a lot. Leave a thumbs up. Thank you guys. And I will be back tomorrow with my jersey review. Thank you very much. Peace.